Okay, if everyone would open up their Bibles, actually, to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And before uh, we start reading any scriptures, I do want to mention, um, uh, well, it's my new bookmark. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, it's not a bookmark. I just left it in here. Joshua 1.9. We're going to talk about something that's going on here. You know, uh, right now we are at the end of 2020 and many people are thinking like it's about time we can get on with, get over this year and get on with a new year. And you know, that's fine and dandy and all. But here's the situation is what does the year end on Friday or whenever it ends, um, it, then 2021 begins. And you know, the hope is that we'll have something whole new different year. Things will change. But you know, and the reality of, of this is that it's just going to be another day. It's starting a new year, but we still have a lot of issues that are going to carry over. It's almost like an extension of 2020. It's like 2020 isn't going to end. Yeah, we're going to call it 2021, but there are a lot of issues that this country is dealing with. There's a lot of issues that you might be personally dealing with that I wish we could just press a reset button because it's a new year and it starts fresh. And these things disappear. And we can start from scratch. But that's not the case. So understanding that, understanding the situations we live in uh, aren't going to just change like that. We have to continue to be prepared. We have to continue to endure 2021 just as we have 2020. And you might barely be picking yourself up from 2020. Or you're still on the ground. And you're having a tough time. Well, I want to encourage everyone that, yeah, you know what? It's not over. We live in this world, and we know this world where it's headed. And we need to be strong, and we need to be able to endure it. So in Joshua 1.9, we're looking at a situation where Joshua is going to enter into the land that's promised to them. And you know what? He's about to enter Canaan. And where he is entering is going to be a difficult challenge. There's going to be a lot of challenges. And I want to kind of use that as an example, as a springboard for us, that we are about to enter 2021. And there's going to be challenges because there's a lot in 2020 that are simply carrying over. And perhaps some new ones around the corner. They're about to enter Canaan. And Canaan uh, is politically divided. It's morally depraved. There is lawless and brutality is commonplace, and they practice child sacrifice. Now, as we look at this breakdown of this list of Canaan, it reminds me of a country that I am very familiar with. And you know what? We're all in this boat together, and we need to realize that we're about to enter 2021 with all of its problems, even beforehand. Now, I might sound all gloom and doom about 2021, but you know what? We live in a world that's full of gloom and doom, and we have to stand fast. We have to know that we have the Lord, and we can get through this. We're going to get through this. There's promises that show us we are going to get through this as believers in Christ. So Joshua 1.9, it says this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, that's a beautiful passage that I want to use as springboard, and I'm going to give you several different passages, kind of break them down to give us some notes, give us some things to put in our heart so that we're ready, that we're prepared for this coming year. Now, this command, uh, you know, they're about to enter something crazy. And you know what? We live, I said, in a crazy world, a scary world. And you know what's interesting is before Christ, we were part of it. We were part of this world. We were in it. We were part of it, basically. And after Christ, after becoming believers, we see it for what it is, and we kind of realize how bad the world is. And, you know, it uh, depends on your upbringing, where you were brought up and what you experienced. Many, of, many people have different experiences depending on where they were brought up, different parts of the country, different cities, different locations, financial situations, what have you. And now, personally, this isn't something that I really share about myself, and I don't go around sharing it, not many people know this, but I myself was uh, born and raised in a gated community. Pretty much everyone had gates on their windows and their doors, that kind of gated community, and it came with its problems, it came with its challenges, its temptations, and the issues that, of life that it, it, it presented that people take, and they suffer for them. And now here, Joshua 1.9, he says, it says he's being 
I have not, have I not commanded you? Commanded means to be commissioned or to being given orders. Okay, Joshua, listen to this. Joshua has been given orders. He's told to be strong. Kazakh, it to strengthen, to become strong. And courageous, amat is the original word, to be determined to show strength. So here Joshua is being told, he's given a command. And you know what? Be strong and courageous and go forth. And he goes on to say, do not be frightened. Now look at some of these words, frightened, arats. Arats means terror, tremble with fear. Don't tremble with fear. Don't be dismayed, kathath, which means to be shattered or broken. He goes on to say, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, wherever. That word kol means anything, always, anywhere, completely, totally. We have the Lord. The Lord is with us wherever we go. And you know what? We see this. We think, wow, this is a great uh, charge. God is basically saying, okay, you got it. Be courageous. Be strong. Now go. Go get them. You're on. Now, that's easier said than done, depending on what you're dealing with in life. It's easier said than done, uh, depending on where you're living, the things that you're dealing with. And so I want to help us to be able to be true to this command, to this charge, and to be able to be strong and courageous for whatever the Lord has around the corner, whatever this world is going to bring around the corner. So let's turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Turn to that verse. And that verse says this. How am I going to be able to get through this year? How am I going to be able to be strong and courageous? Well, let's go through some scriptures. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Now, this word patient, we need to be patient in order to get through the trials that are around the corner. Now, that word patient is hupomeno. Hupomeno, it means to remain, to endure, to not recede, to not flee. And that it's important that we understand that word, humeno, hupomeno, that we, don't, uh, that we don't recede, that we remain, that we endure, that we stand fast in the faith, that we stand fast in what we're going to be dealing with this coming year. Proverbs 30, 8 and 9, and I'm sure the, the, pa- the verses are being shown on the screen. It reads this, Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion that I might not be fool and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or that I, might, I may, that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of the Lord. To be patient, to be satisfied. And it's beautiful that this part where it says, feed me with the food that is my portion. My, what I, feed me with what I can handle, with what I need. And, and when we look at this as to what we might be dealing with in, in, this, in the near future, is that we remain patient, that we remain, that we endure. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.13. Now here's a passage that you're very familiar with. It says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's the end of the year. It's the beginning of a new year. But a lot of issues are going to continue. And we need to realize that the Lord is on, on our side, that we have the creator of the universe, and that he will provide the way of escape. Way of escape, that word, ekbasis, ekbasis, it means exit or an egress. It's a compound word, and it means of, of out of or taken out away, away from along with a stepping or a walking. So he, in other words, he will lead us away. He will provide an exit, but he'll lead us to it. He will walk us out of it, out of an issue, out of a trouble, out of a temptation. We're not alone. The Lord is with you in 2021. And scriptures like this is what we need to bury in our hearts, keep in the forefront of our minds, that'll strengthen us, that'll get us to the point where we have patience, that we can endure. 
Proverbs 16.9. Proverbs 16.9 says, The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. But the Lord directs his steps. You see, we have to realize that the Lord will lead us out of things that we shouldn't belong in, be involved in. Temptation comes, we resist, he'll provide a way. You will not be overtaken. He will lead you. He will take you from it. He will lead us away from issues. To Look at James 1.12. To be patient. Here's this word again. Blessed is, a, is the man, or blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's key right there, love him, and we'll see in a minute. But there it is, perseveres, patience. Hupomeno is that word, to remain, not to flee, not to recede. Now, I give you Greek words because they're, they're just, they're so rich. And they're really actually very detailed. And, and they help us understand. And sometimes it's, it's important to remember those words, hupomeno, to remain, not to flee. The word, you know, this new year might give us something hard to handle. But the Lord will lead us away from issues. And if we can remember to persevere, hupomeno. I thought, how can I help everyone remember that word, hupomeno, or to remain, not to flee, not to recede. You could remember it this way. Pastor Steve's hairline did not hupomeno. It, <laughs> not to recede. It receded. Went back, so it's gone. But maybe that'll help you remember this word. It's important, hupomeno, not to recede. Let's turn back to uh, actually Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. In tribulation, what does that word have to do with uh, life? Well, a lot, because we're dealing with tribulation every day. That word, thlipsis, tribulation is thlipsis, and it means this, a pressing together, pressure, pressure situations in life, and we all deal with pressure, pressure situations. What kind of pressure is this thlipsis? First Corinthians 7 gives us a clue of some things that we might be dealing with from 2020 and maybe 2021. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 28 says this. Paul used this word here. But if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Yet such will have trouble, philipsis, in this life. And I am trying to spare you. Okay? Paul's trying to do everyone a favor and saying, listen, I'm trying to spare you. In marriage, you will have trouble. You will have philipsis. You will have a pressing together. There's pressure in marriage. Trials and tribulation, or in other words, trials and marriage. And in marriage, it's, it's commonplace. It's normal to have issues. And now, when we think of this, and I, the reason why I bring this up is this is a key word. We, could have some, we have horrible things going on in this country. You might have horrible things, or in your mind, horrible things in your marriage going on. And it's a pressing together. There's pressure that you feel you can't handle. And when we flee from pressure and we don't allow the Lord to build us up and, and resolve issues, it becomes worse and worse. And these commonplace situations, which is marriage, trouble, become serious trouble. And they become oppressing together and we maybe run in the opposite direction. Instead of reconciling with your spouse, you run the opposite way because it's too much to handle. In John 16.33, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace in the world. You have, I'm sorry, in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Jesus is letting us know that, listen, you know what, we, we, can be, we are overcomers. And when trouble takes place, how do we respond? When oppressing together in life, how do we respond? Pressure situations make us want to give up. We get the impression of, we start to feel like, hey, listen, you know, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't expect this. Or you're like, wow, this Christian walk is, um, yeah, you know what, never mind. It's a challenge. It's tough. And you want to move on. And because of the pressure, you're not being constant in prayer. We should be constant in prayer. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, 
Be constant in prayer. And that is key. Getting through this life, getting through next year, is to be constant. Pros kartereo. Pros kartereo is the word constant. And it means continually devoted. Ready. Continually ready. Continually devoted. In Colossians 4.2, that word is used. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it and an attitude of thanksgiving. Devote. That word is key. And because that's where our lives have to be. We have to be devoted to the Lord. Committed to the Lord. You have issues? I'm committed to the Lord. That's how I endure. I'm committed in constant prayer. I am ready. I am continually devoted to the Lord. You see, tribulation, this pressure, uh, this pressing, if you will, this pressure may cause us to go in the wrong direction. When, when the storm hits and we actually run towards the storm instead of away from it and we, come, we get more to the, the center of, of an issue instead of getting away from it. We could find ourselves committing to our plan, man's plan, and not allowing the Lord directing our steps. We could surrender to the flesh under pressure. We could end up in our marriages in divorce because of pressure. Look at this verse here. 1 Peter 5.8. 1 Peter 5.8. I want to look at this passage here because it's key with what we are dealing with in this world overall. Okay, forget we're having a new year coming because it really is just another day. And another day, it's this life that we're dealing with. And this kind of defines or is a good commentary on what we're dealing with in life. 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You see, we have to be ready. We have to realize that, you know what? This is a fight, this, this life. We're, we are prey. We are being sought after. We're being sought by the enemy. And we have to be ready in this life. You know what? You can be ready and think you're ready until, you know, uh, things get bad. You think of a fighter. You think of a fighter has always a fight plan. He gets in the ring, he's ready to go, he knows his opponent, and he's, well, he's for the most part ready. And it's been said that, you know what, we always, everyone has a fight plan until they get punched in the face. And then everything goes out the window sometimes. If you don't stick to the game plan or the fight plan, you may be very well in trouble. And with life, if you, you life punches you in the face and you're not ready because you're not in constant prayer, you will not respond properly. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Sober-minded. In other words, or nafo is the word, be calm and collected. That's what it means. Or in other words, disciplined. Calm and collected. Watchful. Be watchful. Gregor you owe. Gregor you owe, that word means to be cautious, pay attention Pay attention, uh, be alert, vigilant, or to take appropriate measures, basically, to avoid stumbling, to avoid traps or danger. You know, it's interesting how the enemy is described here. It's, he says he prowls around. Parapateo. Parapateo, he prowls around to make one's way to progress, to make use of opportunities. Okay, I'm defining the enemy and his tactics. He is very cunning, and he is out to get us. And it says he is seeking someone to devour. Zeteo is that Greek word. He's seeking, zeteo, to inquire into, to crave. He has a desire to destroy us, a desire to devour us. And when you think of the description of well, the lion. You know, in Job 1.7, it says this. It says, the Lord said to Satan, where, from where do you come? From where do you come? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around it. He is everywhere and he's around this world, him and his minions. He is always trying to devour us. He's looking to destroy you. And if you're not ready, devoted in prayer, you will not endure. He wants us to die. He wants to kill us spiritually. He wants us to forsake God. He wants us to be, fall into temptation. He wants us to live lives of sin. He wants to see us go to hell. 
So here we see the lion. And you know what? When you think of the lion, there's a lot to consider about the lion and how they stalk their prey because they are stalkers. Now think of the lion and how he, how he hunts and think of the enemy and then the fact that you're being hunted like this. Lions, they stalk their prey. It's, you know what stalking is? Is unwanted and obsessive attention. He's not going to get his mind off you if you belong to the Lord. If you belong to the Lord, he is obsessed with getting after you to devour you. The lion, most of his hunting is done under the cover of darkness. And he does it at night because it's easy to observe and stalk their prey without detection. And here's what's interesting. During the day when he's hunting you, it's very common for the lion to sit and observe their prey. You might be in the Lord, serving the Lord in ministry. Things are going great. You know what? The enemy is nowhere to be seen because things are happening in the ministry. But he's there. He's watching. He's sitting. He's observing. He's stalking. He has his attention on you. And it's quite common for them to watch you all day. And that's why we need to be careful when we stand as we fall. So it's usually just before sunset, but mostly they wait until after dark before launching an attack. You see, I'll say it this way, I guess, is Satan is no dummy. He's watching you. He's stalking you. Even when you don't realize it, that's when he attacks. When you've, it, when you've been darkened by what you think is safe. And you know what? Constantly living a life with the enemy after me and always watching out and being steadfast in the faith can become, for a lot of people, discouraging. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. It says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So the context here is living right, avoiding sin, godly living. And it's basically saying, listen, if you're going to sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Or in other words, in the natural, if you plant corn, you're going to get corn. If you plant tomatoes, you're going to get tomatoes. Don't be deceived thinking, I'm going to plant corn and expect tomatoes. What he is saying is clear and simple. Sin equals hell. Righteous living is eternal life. So look at 6.9. Galatians 6.9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. In due season we will reap if we do not give up. Now, here's some key words of this passage. To grow weary means to be utterly spiritless, exhausted, You may be going through life and things just simply are, you're constantly hounded by the enemy and you're becoming spiritless. You're becoming exhausted, spiritually speaking. Good, the word good. Do not grow weary of doing good, kal-oz. Kal-oz means what is beautiful, excellent, commendable, precious, genuine, morally good. You see, when you're doing the right thing, you're pleasing the Lord. It is precious to him. It is excellent. It is beautiful. What's key here is in due season. Don't give up because it says in due season or kairos. That word means uh, definite time, the right time. You see, we're always on our own clock and we're not realizing what the Lord's timing is on things and we get tired. We become exhausted spiritually speaking or spiritless, if you will, utterly spiritless. It says here... um, For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up, if we do not ekluo. Ekluo is the Greek word for give up. And that means to loose or unloose, to set free, to relax. We can't relax. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't relax and think all is well. Don't become exhausted, spiritually speaking. And back to 1 Peter 5.8. 
where it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's why we can't relax. That's why you don't want to give up. You don't want to say, you know what, this is tough. I have to keep watching out for the enemy. I'm just going to go surrender, wave a white flag, and say, all right, here I am, enemy. You can have me. Absolutely not. That's not the life we want to live. Look at, now let's back up in 1 Peter. Back to verse 5. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So we're looking at the Christian in, in, in humility. We should be people who are humble. And you know what? That's key in getting through life. That's key in getting through uh, temptations is humility. You know, um, looking at this, and God gives grace to the humble um, and, and describes our behavior and what have you. You guys, um, uh, it makes me think like, hey, if you're thinking of a Christian, it should be hum- humility. That humble person, well, he's a Christian. You ever see that commercial, um, uh, State Farm, I believe it is, and the guy is on the phone late at night downstairs, his wife comes down, and he's on the phone talking to uh, uh, Jake from State Farm. And she says, who are you talking to? And back and forth, she grabs the phone. Who is this? And he says, Jake from State Farm, I think. And she says, uh, she sounds hideous, she tells her husband. And he says, well, she's a guy, so... And it's a classic line. Well, she's a guy, so it's expected that she would sound that way because you think it's a woman. But when I think of that, all that to be said is I think of that commercial for the Christian. It's like saying, that guy, you know what? Uh, he's such a humble guy. The answer should be, well, he's a Christian, so it makes sense. It makes sense for the Christian to be humble. We shouldn't be surprised that a Christian is humble or humility is expected from a Christian. And that verse 5.5 5 outlines that because it's in this passage that it leads up to the enemy. And so it gives us some, key, some keys as to how we're going to survive this prowling enemy. Look at verse, five, uh, verse 6, 1 Peter 5.6. Verse Peter 5.6 says this. And remember, keep in mind, in due season, from Galatians 6.9, we will reap if we don't give up in due season. 1 Peter 5.6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Humble yourselves. At the proper time, there's that same word, kairos, It means at the right time, at the definite time. So humble ourselves. Humility is key in getting through the storms of life. Remaining humble, not just going to, you know what, I'm going to go with my plans. I've already made my plans. I know the Lord's directing my steps, but he's not really directing me today, so I'm going to take control. We need to stand before the Lord in humility. And at the right time, at the proper time, he may exalt you. Humility is key. Look at Proverbs 16, 18. You know, it can be hard to be humble sometimes. I mean, think about life. Let's just be honest. Pride gets kicked in like this. The flesh can kick in like that. And you know what? If it doesn't for you, praise the Lord, man. But listen, it could be very easy if someone knows what buttons to push to get you in the flesh or to get you to be sin in your anger, perhaps. So, Humility is key so that we don't make mistakes and run in the wrong direction towards the enemy who is seeking to devour us. Man, if I'm getting tired somewhere and I'm saying, you know, this is, I'm just, you know, out of the pressure, this is too much, and I go the wrong way, and I walk right where the enemy is, like the lion, just sitting there, he's been watching me all day, and I go to him instead of him having to come out to me, that's when we, under pressure, can go in the wrong direction. So, Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Haughty, gova, and it's with haughty spirit. Haughty or gova, that original word uh, in the language means uh, exaltation, pride, a raised platform. And it's speaking of like arrogance here in this context. And you know what? It's like pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When we get all proud and, and built up ourselves or have a sense of arrogance like, we got this as opposed to letting God direct our steps, we get in trouble. Arrogance. 
it's like when you get to the point where you're thinking, you know what, you're, you're, uh, what's the phrase, you're all that and a bag of chips. I don't know if that's still a saying anymore. It's probably showing my age, if that's ever been said. All that and a bag of chips is when you get to the point where you're thinking you're something and it's not allowing the Lord, the one, to be exalting you. 1 Peter uh, 5, 6, which says, you know, he may exalt you, or hupso'o. It's hupso'o is the, ex- the word exalt, to raise to dignity, honor, or happiness. It's when he will exalt you. James 4.10 says this. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. The Lord will raise us up. We have no business raising ourselves up. We have no business exalting ourselves and taking control of life. It should be a a humble uh, surrender to the Lord and allowing him to lead our lives, to direct our steps. When we get to temptation, allowing him to provide an egress and to walk us away from it, a way of escape. Now look at verse uh, uh, 7, 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's a beautiful part of this scripture, or this passage, the promise. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Casting, epiripto. Epiripto means to throw upon, to place upon all these anxieties, all these, uh, just place them on the Lord. He's like this, saying, uh, I got it, uh, uh, let me get that. You know, have you ever helped someone and, and they're like lifting something and they go, oh, hold on, let me, let, me, let me get that. No, no, I got this, I got this. And it's like, uh, I, you might hurt yourself doing that. In fact, there's times when you see someone, you know, they're going to hurt themselves if they don't ask for help. They're going to hurt themselves if they don't use the proper equipment. We are going to hurt ourselves if we don't allow the Lord to carry our anxieties. We are going to hurt ourselves spiritually if we're not casting all of our anxieties on him because we're carrying this load that's going to weigh us down and we're going to become spiritually exhausted. We will become shattered. We will become broken. As mentioned in Joshua 1.9. Because he cares, mellow. He is concerned. That word means concerned. The Lord, the creator of the universe, is concerned about you. Last Wednesday, we talked about Psalm 5.3, and it's about our prayers, that he will hear us, and it says that he will hear us with attention because he will listen with interest. And I mentioned that the creator of the universe is interested in what you have to pray about, what you have to say, what's on your heart. And he's concerned in this verse. The Lord is concerned for you. You are not alone. And that takes us back to 1 Peter 5.8. Back again, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Look at verse 9. Now, verse 9 and verse 10, there we see instruction or responsibility coupled with verse 10 of a promise, victory. From this lion, from this life of being stalked, don't let it leave your mind today. At the end of this message, for the rest of the day, for the rest of your life, know that you are being stalked. Someone is watching you, waiting for an opportunity to pounce on you. First Peter 5.9 says, Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Resist. Anthistemi. That Greek word, resist, anthistomy means to oppose him. Set yourself against him. Set yourself against the things of the devil. Make it a priority in your life to hate sin, to avoid sin. Set yourself against those things because they are destructive. Firm in your faith. Stereas. Stereas means to be immovable, strong, solid. It means to be immovable. In other words, uh, you're, you're, you're solid. You're anchored in the Lord. You're anchored in the Lord, just like someone in a boat with an anchor. You're, once you're anchored, you might move a little bit, but you're not going to go away. And if, you don't, if you're not anchored to the Lord, every 
all the wind and the waves are going to toss you to and fro. And who knows where you'll end up. So being firm in the faith, don't vacillate. Don't waver in your faith. Don't be weak in your convictions. Go through life strong about your convictions. What is sin today is sin tomorrow. Look at verse 10, 1 Peter 5.10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's verse 11. Verse 10. Nine, we see responsibility. We see instruction. Resist the devil. Stand strong. Be immovable in the Lord. That's your responsibility. I don't profess to be a believer and now nothing's going to hurt me, nothing's going to harm me, nothing's going to tempt me. There's personal responsibility there in verse, uh, verse 9. Resist him. Oppose him. Set myself against sin. And then chapter, or verse 10. Look at, chapter, look at verse 10. This is, I like this. This is really cool. Look what he's going to do. He will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Restore. Katartizo. Katartizo. It means to mend what has been broken. To complete. To equip. Okay, this is what the Lord is going to do when you resist the enemy, when you, when you stand fast, when you, when you be sober-minded, and you're on the alert because the enemy's watching you. This is the victory. This is These are the rewards of resisting the devil. He will mend what has been broken. You might be broken today. He mends you. He completes you. He will equip you. It says he will confirm. Sterizo. Now, sterizo means to strengthen, to make stable, so that you are immovable. He will stabilize you. And you will be strong. You will be strengthened. Strengthened, the next word, stenao. 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 That Greek word means to make strong of one's soul. To make strong, immovable. You'll be stable. You'll be able to weather the storms. You'll be able to deal with 2021 because 2021 is only an extension of 2020. The new date does not change the things we're dealing with in this country, the sin issues that you might have, the temptations that you've been resisting and fighting. Establish, and he will establish you. Themila'ao, themila'ao. And that Greek word is to lay the foundation, to make stable the foundation. So you'll be built on the rock, in other words. He will establish you. You see, when we look at this, the rewards here, the promise is we're being, we're being rebuilt. If you've been broken in life, if you're st- still suffering from pain and, and, and whatever it is that you were raised and, or dealt with as a child, as a young person, and it still scars you, yes, but the wound is open, he will mend you. He will strengthen you. He will mend what has been broken He is the one that has our back. He is the one that we should be trusting throughout this entire life to endure. We are being renewed. And this new year, there may be a lot of things that need to be renewed for us personally. We don't necessarily have much control of the world. Yeah, we can vote. Yeah, we can stand for things, of course. But I'm talking about spiritually speaking. There may be some new new things that need to take place. Much like Wednesday, we talked about implementing morning prayer and the importance of it in our lives. Maybe that's the new thing you will do. But we are being renewed, and when it talks about the foundation, being strong, being stable, uh, we're talking about some quality construction. The Lord Jesus Christ, the carpenter, he is into quality construction, and he will rebuild you, he will strengthen you, he will establish you, you will be quality construction. Years and years ago, I used to work for a company, a furniture company, and 
uh, we used to deliver furniture. And I remember delivering furniture, and you know what? We sold a lot of furniture out of that place, and we sold a lot of cheap stuff. And after working there for a while, I could tell the cheap stuff from the quality, and it's a big, impressive difference. Lots of cheap stuff. And then there was some expensive quality stuff. And man, when you put those in the truck and you knew what neighborhood you were going to go to, you knew the, the types of places you were going to be visiting that day because it was quality. And it was an impressive difference. We don't want to be based on building our lives on the sand. We want to be built on the rock. We want quality construction. And that comes from Jesus Christ. That comes from the Lord. Let me give you a couple more passages here. Isaiah 40, 29. Isaiah 40, 29. Many of you might even have it on the wall in your house, on your coffee cup. You might have it memorized in your heart. 29 says, He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Faint means wearied, to be tired. And for the one saying, having no might, the word might means vigor, generative power. So if you have no vigor, no generative power, something's become stale in your life spiritually, you know what? The Lord is going to strengthen you. He says he increases strength. Trusting in the Lord in new ways for the new year will increase your strength. When we surrender in humility. It says the word increases is he increases. It means to become, to grow great. We will become. We will grow great by the Lord. Verse 30 says, Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall. That's interesting. Isaiah 40, verse 30. Even youths shall faint. <laughs> well, I'm not from the East Coast. I think it's the East Coast where they would say youths. <laughs> so even youths shall faint. I don't know why that popped in my head. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fail or fall exhausted. That's interesting. The young man is talking about the, the vigor, vigor and vigorous. And exhausted means to stagger and stumble. And there's a pretty natural verse or passage or whatever, uh, verse here that says even young men will fall exhausted. You know, this is one passage or one verse that I rely on every once a year, well, not once a year, but mainly once a year in this way, in the natural way, is our man's retreat because I love getting into the gym and playing some basketball. Uh, and, but you know what? As years have gone by, uh, it's a little harder on me, and there's a lot more younger guys, and they can play some ball. And uh, so it's tough. So I think of this verse, and you know what? Even youth shall fall, fall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. So what I've learned from this verse for the men's retreat so that I can get on there and maybe have a little time on the court is I wait for these young guys to get tired. Because even them, they're going to get tired. They're going to stumble and be exhausted. That's when I get on the court. <laughs> it kind of improves the game, but not too much. I mean, I just hope they're tired. You know, one year at our men's retreat, it was me, Pastor Joe, and Mike Parent. And we were, you know, a little older side. And there was a big full court game going. And wow, full court. That's when I kind of say, like, I'll get the next game. Full court game. And so the three of us, we were on one team. But we rotated. And the way we rotated wasn't like, oh, time out, you know, rotate, and substitute. No. This was our, our, our basket. We were under it. And the game would go on. And we'd be on the other side. But when the ball came back to this court, Joe would jump in. The other guy would get out. That was our substitution. Every time the ball came over here and he had to run back, we would sub. And that's how we kind of lasted uh, with those young guys. That was one way to do it. <laughs> but, you know, when we get older... <clears throat> you just uh, look at this passage and even young people will get tired. Even young people. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 31. Uh, you know what? I, can't, I have to share this little story. Um, Jonathan would appreciate it. It was uh, Johnny and Jonathan plays basketball or played basketball and what have you. And Johnny's a little taller than me. <laughs> a little. He's a lot taller than me. And, uh, but he's younger than me. And it was one time we were playing basketball in the front, on the street. You know, we got a basketball court out there. And we're playing, and, and Johnny's good, and what have you. And so then there was one time I just buckled down, and I says, Hey, Johnny, come on, let's play some ball. And I started messing with him, roughing him up, and teasing him. And, and, and if Johnny will correct me, but I believe the score was 
like 10 to 2 or 8 to 2, me. And I was just roughing him up. And then I went too far, and I was just saying, come on, Johnny, whatever, and I, I pushed him. Well, he's taller than me, and he's got these long arms, and, you know, when I scratch my calf, I do this. He does this and scratches his calf. That's how long his arms are. And uh, so I guess I got into his head, and I didn't score another point. He ridiculed me on the street, and, uh, but uh, you know what? He wasn't tired. <laughs> it was far from him being tired, and so that was, that was horrible. But anyway, I look at this passage, and maybe those stories will help you remember this verse. Even youths shall faint and be weary, tired. Young men shall fall exhausted. They will stagger and stumble. Verse 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Here's where the promises kick in, and it gets beautiful. When we realize, like, you know what? I'm going through a lot of things. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm, I'm being shattered. Well, you need to be mended by the Lord. And when you see this, verse 31, but they, and this, is that talking about you? Is that talking about us? And I, who wait for the Lord, shall renew their strength, shall mount up like we, with wings of, like eagles. Now that word wait, it means to look eagerly for. There's a hope, there's an expectation that the Lord will deliver. It's not a hope like, gee, I chance and roll the dice. It's looking eagerly for what the Lord is going to do. Last Wednesday we talked about how when we pray and we watch what the Lord's going to do. Because I know the Lord's going to move one way or another. He's going to teach me something. He's going to strengthen me one way or another. Might not be how you expect it, but expect it. Renew. For the Lord shall renew their strength. It means to gain. You will gain strength. You might say, you know what, I've been, I, I, I'm weak. I need strength. He will give you strength. You will gain strength when you surrender to the Lord, when you're waiting on him, not your own plans, not things that you can manipulate. It says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Mount means to ascend. Exalted is this word. It means taken away, carried away. There's a key there because it's not you like, wow, I feel like I have wings like an eagle and now I can get out of this situation. No, he will carry you away. You will be taken away. Just like the, uh, the walking or the leading away of issues or being exalted and being lifted up, but not in your own power, not by yourself, not your own doing. You will mount up and be taken away. You'll be carried away. You'll be lifted out of issues of life, issues of anxiety, issues of worry. When you are found trusting in humility, the Lord, and a follower of him. How can I run and walk without being tired? How can I go through life without giving up? How can I become equipped, prepared, guarded for whatever next year, next week, has for me? Is we wait for the Lord. We wait and allow him to renew our strength. Because oftentimes we need new strength. And I think we're going to be in very much need to be renewed and find new and to gain strength for this coming year. Now, last passage I want to turn to. I want you to turn to Psalm 20, 21. Now, I don't mean chapter 20, verse 21 I am referring to what I will recall Psalm 91 as Psalm 2021, as in the year. Because there's a beauty of this passage or this psalm. It's beautiful. It speaks of security and protection. And I've labeled it personally myself Psalm 2021. I want to look at just a part of it, though. And that's beginning at verse 14. Psalm Uh, 91, verse 14, in case I confused anybody. Psalm 91, verse 14, or in other words, Psalm 20, 21. It reads this way. Because he holds fast, or because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Let's break this passage up, these next few verses. He, because he holds fast to me in love, 
for you, if you're holding fast to the Lord, this is what it means. To hold fast in love means to long for, to be attached to. Are you attached to the Lord? Do you long to be with the Lord? Do you long to go to church? I want Sunday morning. Oh, I can't wait to get there because it's incredible fellowship and it's worship time with God in corporate service with everyone. I long for that. I long for his presence. I am attached to him. You know, when a, a, a guy meets a girl and then they become, uh, they fall in love, they get married, and then they're like attached at the hip, the way a marriage should be. Your marriage might, well, let's talk about marriage another time. But marriage, I mean, I feel like I'm attached at the hip with Carol. She's my, my wife. She's, we've become one. And I long to be with her. Even after 32 years of marriage, I long to spend time with her. I'm attached to her. And that is that desire that you, you see naturally. Look at those two people, man. Those guys are attached at the hip. Man, he just, what, what are you doing? Oh, I got to get out of here. I'm going to have a date tonight. He longs to be with her. She longs to be with him. Do we long to be with the Lord? When, we, when people look at you, do they say, that guy's attached to the Lord? So the one that holds fast in love to be attached to the Lord. It says, I will deliver him. Deliver. That word means to escape or slip away, to save. Bring into security. There's the Lord acting and working again. He is going to slip us away. Hey, come on, this way. He is going to be bringing us into security. You ever see guys working security, personal security? Right, this way, come here, this way. They're watching, they're guarding, they're escorting. They know where the person is but they're watching the enemy for you and they're putting you in a safe a place. That's what the Lord does for us. He watches for the enemy. He deals with them. We give him the anxiety. We put the, cast our cares on him. And Look, I'm being stalked. He says, I got this. Come this way. Let's slip out of here. So he says he will protect. I will protect him. Protect means to be, get this, set on high, exalted. In other words, placed in, inaccessibly high. The Lord puts us out of danger. He places us in a place where we're secure, we're nice up and high. You're, don't worry about it. We got it. I got this. Beautiful, beautiful verse. I will protect him because he knows my name. Knows my name. That means right here in this passage to know by experience, to acknowledge God. Oh, I know people, everybody knows about God. They know there is a God. Uh, but do they acknowledge him? Am I saying, well, yeah, there's a God. Or is it like, there's God and I acknowledge him. He has my attention. I know him by experience because he's protected me. He's allowed me to slip away from danger. He brings me into security. Look at verse 15. Psalm 91 Verse 15. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. This goes hand in hand with our study last Wednesday. When he calls to me, calls to me means to cry out, to call out. We talked about Wednesday calling out to the Lord or crying out to the Lord and that he hears us. He's interested in what we have to cry out about. To cry out, to call out. When we call out, I will answer him. Too many times we don't call out to the Lord because it's kind of automatic for us to, and not necessarily in the flesh, it's natural to think like, whoa, what's going on? I'll fix it. I got it. As opposed to, whoa, what's going on? Lord, help me deal with this situation. Understandable, but if we can change things this year, if we can renew things in our lives this year, make it be like something's going on, Lord, help me. I'm going in. Lord, should I go in? Calling out to the Lord. I will answer him, it says. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. To rescue means here, again, to remove, draw out, to equip as for war. We're at war. There is a spiritual war. We need to cry out to the Lord. We need to call out to him and cry out to him so that he can remove us so he can draw us out 
equip us, to prepare us. I don't know what this year has in store for us. I guess I can't say that. I know what this new year has in store for us because a lot of 2020 is going to carry over. But I don't know what the new things that might come out of this or the new things in your life personally. But I need to call out to the Lord because I need to be rescued. I need to be equipped as if for war. Look at verse 16. And we'll close with this. Psalm 91 verse 16 says, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. A lot of us are dissatisfied with life. Not saying I'm dissatisfied with life, but a lot of people are dissatisfied with life. They're dissatisfied with their life. They're dissatisfied with their situations in life. They're saddened, maybe discouraged. And we can get to a point where we feel broken and we need to be mended by the Lord. But here, with long life, I will satisfy him. This is the Lord and what he will do for you. We need to be complete surrender to the Lord. We need to be humble in, in, in humble surrender to the Lord. With long life, I will satisfy him. Satisfy, sabah. That word sabah means to be fulfilled, have in excess, to have a desire or to have desire satisfied. Abundance. To have enough of something. We talked about that Wednesday, actually. That same word came up in one of our our psalms. um, That uh, in the morning, he will satisfy us in the morning. To be satisfied with prayer. To be satisfied. Here it's saying he, or with long life, I will satisfy him. Your life, the Lord, if you surrender your life. And my prayer always is that if there's someone listening and they're not following the Lord, it would be that you surrender your life to the Lord. Because he will satisfy you. He will give you an abundance. He will give you what you didn't even know you needed sometimes. We're all in need. Both sides of Christ. Before Christ and after Christ. We always need the Lord. But before Christ, we need him for salvation. You will have in excess. You will have a desire satisfied. Life without Christ is filled with unsatisfied desires. Because you're alone you're not spiritually satisfied you're spiritually in darkness and sad discouraged alone until you find surrender the lord to the lord you will be satisfied and you will have enough of something you will have eternal life you will no longer be hellbound he will do that for us this year you can know that he will provide enough of something enough to endure Enough to not be discouraged. Enough to weather the storm. It says, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation, my yeshuva, my deliverance, my victory. 2021 may be twice as bad as 2020, but not this way. We still have victory. You could be in the worst storm. You could be in the worst year of history. You could be at the worst situation of your health and have deliverance and have victory. You can escape temptation. This year, this 2021, whatever is in store for us, as bad as it gets, don't give up. You will reap at the right time, at the, at the perfect time, in due season. He will exalt you. Even through the trial, you'll be exalted. Heartbroken, sad, but you will be exalted because you're in surrender to the Lord. So, brothers and sisters, I pray that you're not discouraged from 2020. You're not at the point where you have given up or you want to give up or saying if 2021 is worse than 2020, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do because 2021 may very well be worse than 2020. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to cry out to the Lord. I'm going to expect and hope and wait for the Lord. And he's going to deliver me. He's going to show me his salvation. He is going to rescue me. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. I pray that that's everyone's prayer. I pray that that's everyone's New Year's resolution. Every day it's new and renewed that I will serve the Lord more. I will, be, I will stand fast. I will resist temptation. I will resist the enemy because he's out to get me. I pray that that's everyone's prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for your scriptures. I thank you for your promises. I thank you, Lord, for your protection. I thank you, Lord, even more so for your warnings because it keeps me away from the enemy. Lord, I pray that everyone listening to this message will recognize that they are being stalked, that the devil is like prowling around. He's hiding in the, in, in the darkness. He's hiding. Even in midday, he is just watching us when we think all is well. I pray, Lord, that if that's caused anyone to be uh, uh, concerned, then your, word, your will has been done because we need to be on alert. We need to be sober-minded, alert, and knowing that we're being watched. And the enemy is waiting for an opportunity to devour us. But Lord, we cry out to you. We surrender to you. We will stand fast and be immovable in our faith because you will stabilize us. You will strengthen us. You will equip us as if for war. Lord, I pray that we, this year, we will be renewed day by day. We will be renewed because we surrender to you. Lord, help us to not exalt ourselves, to go about our own man's plans, but Lord, to surrender ourselves to you, allow you to direct our steps, and allow you to exalt us, allow you to place us inaccessibly high out of danger. We pray, Lord, that you would have our backs. We know you are faithful. We trust you through this. And we are in hope and expectation of your protection this year. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.